And now, The Fine Print with attorney Jen Rout. Hi, and welcome to The Fine Print with Attorney Jen Rout. I am Attorney Jen Rout, and with me, as always, is my sleepy sidekick, Ben Needenthal. I'm going to go for broke and say, yes, that is true today. I am, I am a little sleepy. You're looking a little tired, my friend. Yes, yes, yes. Been, been single-dadding it, it for was a Single-dadding it for the past week. Uh, my wife uh, took a, a vacation all by herself to Hawaii, Man. which I feel really bad for her for. And yeah, I was at home with the kid who's generally pretty good, but it's, it's a 24 hour job. So it's, and it's been five and five and a half days. So oh, yeah, that well, and I've also been moving into my new space, which we're actually from our new office, yay. uh, Boxland Media Studios, uh, which I'm sure you can definitely tell the difference in the quality of the audio. Uh, that's not true. Um, it's the exact <laughs> same equipment. It's basically a room approximately the same size as we were before, but it's going to get better as time goes forward from this point. So, hey, there's no storms outside. Yeah, there's, there's no, no heater fi- running. <laughs> there's no firehouse like two blocks down that every 10 minutes is going to go <laughs> down the road. See, it's already yeah. better. And we have a guest today. Yeah, Zach. I noticed him, and I, I didn't want to exclude you from that conversation. But welcome, welcome. How are welcome. you? Welcome. Please introduce yourself to our audience. Thank you so much for having me. This is a, a great experience for me. Um, again, my name is Zach Williams. I'm with State Bank. Well, welcome, sir. Um, that means I'm guessing today we're going to talk a lot about mortgages, um, and I think that's important because at least in Central Ohio and. Pretty much all of your states that have four seasons, we are in what we call the real estate season, um, which means there are lots of people buying and selling, and especially for your first-time home buyers, and generally, most people don't buy houses all the time, so it's not a process you're familiar with. So I thought it'd be good to have Zach in here today to kind of talk us through the process. So when someone is ready to buy a house, they've decided they're tired of renting, no more of this one-bedroom apartment nonsense. What's As I understand it, they walk into your office, Zach, and say, one house, please, and you hand them a key, and <laughs> they pay you, they write you a check, and that is the end of the transaction, right? That only happens on Mondays. Okay. So <laughs> Tuesday through Sunday. Uh, it really just starts with a phone call. When somebody says that they're ready to purchase a home, you can start with a phone call. We can do it all over the phone. Okay. Nice. Traditionally, people will go into a bank, which is fine. But it starts with a phone call to chat about what do you approve for? Where can you start buying? So when people are going on Zillow, Realtor.com, and they're looking at half a million dollar houses, can they really afford that half a million dollar house? Maybe they need to uh, talk to a lender. Talk to a lender and see what they can really afford. Well, so it sounds like really before you even start looking you're just now kind of kicking this idea around. Yeah. You really want to sit down with someone you know, like, and trust who knows the mortgage business and talk to them. Is that about right? That's absolutely right. We want to, we want to look at what's your income like, what's your residency like, what's your story, what, what's your situation? Um, can you carry a mortgage? Yes, you're paying X amount in rent, but are you, do you make too much? Do you not make enough? I mean, how's, how's that work? Um, so we really, we just analyze the situation. We look at all the programs and, you know, we can go down the gamut of these programs and it's basically an alphabet soup of 
you know, FHAs, VA, USDA, things like that. Um, but we see what options are best for them, and we just kind of talk about their options. Okay, well, let, let's talk about the options because I know a lot of people, and especially people our age, millennials, you know, we like to do things online and couple clicks and we have answers because Google answers everything. And if it's on the internet, it has to be true. Exactly. There's now, a team that fact checks everything. Right. I've heard that. I've heard that there's really a yes. team at Google that does yep. that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So what's the advantage of talking to someone like you locally who's in your state, in your city, who can really know what's going on versus click, click through whatever national lender and their website. I think they have something called a rocket mortgage, right? Something like like that. that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yep. Yeah. So the moon and back. Let's go. (laughs) So, yes, a millennial wants to be able to click two buttons and get a mortgage. But that's just not how the industry works currently. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the rocket mortgage is kind of based around taking some general numbers, running through running them through an algorithm, and seeing what's seeing what pops out in the end. Okay. When in reality, your situation may not fit within that algorithm. You may not fit exactly the mathematical equation that they've planned for you, or maybe it, you know they don't analyze the situation um, in the way a mortgage professional would. So working with a local lender who's going to be able to know the market, mm-hmm. know what you can you can afford, have regular experiences with buyers like them like you, that um, and have helped many people like you in your situation know what's possible, and really go over how you can get into a home rather than two clicks and you're in a home and they hand you a key. Right. I say it also seems to me like you may not get the best deal that way because a lot of those national lenders, I'll call them, where you can click, click, and you never talk to anyone local may not know about programs that are specific to Ohio. Absolutely. So, you know, a lot of those national lenders, as you said, um, are based out of other states. Mm -hmm. So every state will likely have their own housing down payment assistance programs. Ohio does, the Ohio Housing Finance Agency. As I said, it's an alphabet soup of... We call it OFA. We call it OFA. So (laughs) it's an alphabet soup of of programs, and they run the gamut. I mean, if you're a a firefighter, policeman, teacher, you can get um, special down payment assistance. If you recently graduated, you can get down payment assistance. So there's a lot of opportunity there that a national lender doesn't know... um, what's available within any given state. Very so. true. What about veterans? Veterans, seems like there's a fair amount of programs for veterans as well. Veterans, absolutely. They can um, they can purchase a home with no money down. And as long as they have a certificate of eligibility and a DD-214, again, alphabet soup of right. letters and numbers. Your discharge papers. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they were, uh, most veterans are um, told from, early on in boot camp to keep that DD-214 real close. They'll need it. Yep. Um, so All yeah, the time. So, yeah, they can, um, you know, they can purchase with no money down simply because they've um, fought for our freedoms. So that, I guess that's another thing then. So 
I think there's a general misconception that you have to have 20% down, you know, which means you have 20% equity in your home. So on a $100,000 house, that's 20 grand. Well, when you're in your early 20s, mid 20s, late 20s, even, or even into your 30s, especially since we're not graduating school until mid to late 20s and really getting our jobs, we may not have 20 grand or more just lying around a throw down on a house. So is that the kind of thing that yeah, these programs help with? Absolutely. That that 20% down rule is pretty dated. That's a traditional, that's your, that's your parents' real estate world. That's, you know, it's not like that anymore. Um, you know, there's programs where you can put as little as 3% down, 3.5%, 5% with no mortgage insurance. Mortgage insurance is what you have to pay if you do put less than 20% down. So there are definitely programs for, um, for first time home buyers where you don't have to come up with that 20 grand plus. Right. And then you add on an OFA program or something that has that down payment assistance and you bring zero to closing. Absolutely. So uh, I'm going to run through some real, real solid acronyms right now. <laughs> All uh, right. On, on an FHA OFA loan, uh, <laughs> you can put three and a half percent down and then you can get up to 5% of your closing costs covered. So you would essentially bring nothing to close because it would cover your three and a half percent plus any closing costs and prepaids that you'd have. Right. So just to clarify, <laughs> closing costs. Um, so everyone is always confused about what all has to happen at a closing. So um, when it comes to closing, the lender charges certain fees to process your loan. Then the title company who will take all the money, put it in one big pot and distribute it to where it needs to go. Um, will charge money for certain things, plus they charge money for a title insurance policy, which is a one-time insurance policy that really protects the lender to make sure that the lender is the first lien on the property, and it protects the owner to make sure the owner always has fair and marketable title. So you're not going to have a problem selling it later. That's the big thing, is your insurance that covers that um, to make sure you can sell your property. Title problems are extremely expensive to fix. I mean, $60,000 with no problem um, can be spent to fix a simple title problem. Um, my first, one of my first lawsuits, I s had to sue on a title insurance claim, and my client spent sixty grand before the title insurance policy finally kicked in. Were they um, the buyer or seller? Uh, they were actually the buyer in that transaction, and the title company had missed something in the property it had been a modular home and oh boy not affixed to the property this is getting into very technical stuff but whole point is giant title mess with back taxes and all sorts of problems and it's expensive so that's why title insurance is so important but these are all factoring into costs and then there's credits that the seller gives the buyer for like taxes and those kind of things and then recording fees for the deed and the mortgage and a number of other just costs that get factored in. But you're not writing a check for each one of those. What happens is, is all of these numbers come together and we see where all the money plays out. And then we use the loans and the OFA grants and all of those type of things to make the numbers work, essentially, so we know exactly how much you have to bring to closing. So we're talking about grants thing money you don't have to pay back 
as long as you stay in the house for five years or so. Yeah, there's a lot of caveats to that OFA right. loan, um, but it's still a tremendous program for, for the right individuals. Right. So, you know, you have to stay in the house for a while. And if you don't, there you have to pay back some of it out of proceeds when you sell the house. But in general, these are all ways to get a lot of your costs paid and often what I see is that your mortgage is less th- equal to or less than what you were paying for rent. That happens quite often where somebody will say, oh, I'm paying $1,200 a month for rent. And then I'll show them the mortgage payment on a, on the house and they're like, oh, that's less than I'm paying now. Right. You know, it, it's just a great vehicle. People always say, oh, house, oh, it's just a money pit or it's not an investment. But you are. You're, every month, every mortgage payment you make builds equity in that house. And with the increased housing market that we're seeing now, the value of the home might go up in a couple of years. Absolutely. Is, is cash in pocket um, for the homeowner. And mm-hmm. I think a house is a great investment versus versus renting. Why, why pay somebody else's mortgage when you can pay your own? Exactly. Yeah. So what else should a first-time home buyer be aware of in this process? It can take some time. I mean, 30 to 45-day contracts is kind of the the norm. Be prepared for some potential um, request or remedies. There may be, you may have an an inspection that you need to go back and forth with the, the seller on and getting some things fixed. Maybe the mortgage that we've chosen or that you've chosen uh, is the best option for you. requires that some things be fixed in the house before we can move forward on it. Um, so okay. be, be prepared, but also be flexible and cooperative with the lender. Okay. So to kind of recap the process here, then you've decided that you're interested in buying a house. So we go talk to you over at State Bank. You betcha. Um We can do this with a phone call and normally emails and a list of things. So talk to you. We submit kind of the general information. You give what's called a pre-approval letter. We get a pre-approval letter. What I'll do is I'll take all the info that we, the way I usually start it is I'll start answering any questions that they have up front. And then I'll start asking my questions and gathering all the information I need. From that point, we'll pull review credit, make sure everything looks good, make sure there's no judgments, no liens, no anything like that. Um, and then from that point, we'll start talking about numbers, you know, how much you want to put down, how much um, house were you thinking? Are you monthly payment sensitive or are you rate sensitive? And then um, from there, we'll kind of hammer down what, what options best fit you. I'll give a pre-approval letter to you and it'll just say you're pre-approved for uh, up to whatever up, amount, up, up to whatever amount we've discussed. And that letter will be sent also to a realtor that you're working with. If you're not working with a realtor, um, I can certainly um, refer you to many connections that I have who I think would best fit your personality or whatever your situation might be. So, Right. So, okay. So then you get your pre-approval letter and you start looking for the house. So you're on Zillow because, you know, we're all looking on other things too. Even if we have a realtor, we're looking. We know. Everybody's looking. You're always looking. Right. And then you find I'm, I'm still looking, and I just moved in my house last year. Right. I just so can't you, stop we're, looking. We're always looking. <laughs> ben, do you look? You, you've been in your uh, house for a couple years. And in fact, actually, my mom just sent me a listing yesterday uh-huh. in Gahanna. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so, so, no, we've been in our house for a while. and But, yeah, it's it, it occasionally does still come up. So It's right. fun It's fun to look. It is. Ben's you always mom's just a realtor. Per, you know. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, and make fun of other people's like decor and their. Yeah, like what are they doing with this? Yeah. Why did they paint yeah. that wall that color? And, <laughs> and yeah. I, I've seen some doozies. <laughs> I saw. In fact, the house I looked at yesterday, they had a a wall painting. It was it was like it was a huge canvas, like probably five feet high by like six feet wide, and it was covered in like basically graffiti. Like somebody wrote with like a spray can. <laughs> Just like some like chunk of a poem or something like that, oh. and it looked really bad. I mean, and they hung it on the wall and color matched the rest of the, the room to it. And it was it was bad news. Yeah, I, I saw. Hopefully, one they're the not other listening. Day. I went, Fools! Yeah. <laughs> Look how you're decorating your house. <laughs> I saw one the other day that had a giant like Greco Roman style water feature where the dining room table would normally go. Fabulous. Because you know. <laughs> That's what goes where a dining room table yeah. goes. Sounds like a bad. Imagine pet. calling the contractor and going, I want to put a fountain right here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ironically, not. And the whole house was done in that style. Okay. With a lot of wallpaper. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Fun times. But anyway, so you're, you're checking out houses, making fun of decor, thinking about how you're going to redo it to make it, you know, better. Um, and you find your house, you go into contract. Okay, then what happens? Well, you choose to go into contract. It's not just something that happens, like you know. Right, you make an offer. It's not the like hitting puberty it. or anything like that. You <laughs> just, <laughs> it's not. All right, let's explain contract. I'm in contract, you know. Yeah. So yeah. So you decide to make an offer on the house, um, and you put this in writing, and your realtor will do that. Or if you don't have a realtor, hire an attorney. We do not charge tons of money to help you with this kind of contract that's a lot they all charge tons and tons of money all the time yeah she's whatever. charging me money right now <laughs> <You>. <laughs> anyways so you draft a contract and you send it to the seller and the seller has so much time to accept the contract and you put that in the contract so that way it expires because if not the seller's just holding on to a contract that's kind of open-ended and you could end up being put on the hook for something that you didn't mean to so always an expiration and as soon as the seller signs that you're in contract so then they send the contract back to the lender right correct i get a contract from the realtor or the buyer whoever it might be and we say i look through the contract make sure nothing looks funny or it's going to be any issues sometimes contracts include swing sets or hot tubs you know, banks aren't really uh, interested in lending on swing sets in hot tubs. <laughs> so we want to make sure some of those get removed from the contract if needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and from that point, um, I will have prepped the buyer to uh, provide a packet of all the documents they need. W-2s, pay stubs, bank statements, tax returns, things like that. That when we first talk, I'll tell them to start gathering that stuff. So as soon as they go on contract, they just have a packet of info that they can just hand over to me. And then um, we'll meet. I'll get them to sign some initial disclosures that kind of get the process started. And those are all federally required disclosures for the most part. Um, There's some that are state required as well. But just in general, everything you sign in a real estate transaction, it's required by law somewhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. So like the the initial disclosures, it's just stuff to get the the train moving a little bit. And then... um, well, we'll see where rates are that day. We'll lock you in on your program that you chose, and the process begins. We'll, and uh, from there, an appraisal will be ordered, 
and an inspection. So you'll have the opportunity to inspect the property. And that means more than just you went and looked at it. You hire a building inspector or a home inspector, not just some guy who took a weekend class who says, I'm a home inspector. Get someone who knows what they're doing to go through the house. And while they're going through the house, the bank will also be processing your paperwork and they will order an appraisal. And that's another kind of inspection, but it's a different type. So appraisals are somebody's opinion of the worth of the house, whereas your inspector is inspecting for material defects or things that you may want to have the seller fix. Correct. Sound about right? Absolutely. Okay, so at what point in the process do you declare things like ghosts and murders and suicides <laughs> and things like that? Uh-huh. Those are normally early on in the contract. Is that early on the contract? I think you have to disclose if somebody's been murdered in a home. Yeah. I, I have some friends <laughs> that bought a murder house. So really? Yeah, they got a hell of a deal on this place, too. It's awesome. It's a yeah. really beautiful yeah. house, but <laughs> sat vacant for a couple of years because murders, you know, but... Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, good deals on houses. It yeah, doesn't matter to sure. me. You know? Yeah, exactly. As long as the ghost doesn't stay there. No, no, Not they haven't had any ghost. ghost problems yet. Okay, so, good. You know, I don't <laughs> yeah. know if that's like a, there's a statute of limitations that needs to expire before the ghosts start haunting. Okay. Or, I don't know. Yeah. I know. Well, Casper's friendly. Yeah, yeah. hopefully. Yeah. Friendly ghosts. Yeah. So, okay, that that's disclosed before contract when you're kind of discussing it. And just to be clear, you're being serious about that as well, because I, I, it sounds like that might be a goof. But I mean, like ghosts and things are actually disclosed on these. Not, not really ghosts. No, not no? necessarily. So okay. the question, and, and it's not a bright line test, at least not in Ohio. Okay. So realtor, when realtors are especially because their licenses are kind of monitored here and controlled so if there is a material issue with the home that could affect some or impact someone's decision in buying the home okay it has to be disclosed so like toxic waste buried in the basement something like that right or water infiltration in the basement and it has now been resolved but you still have to let your buyer know that there was water infiltration. Gotcha. We hired basement doctor, whoever, one of the basement companies to fix it, and it's fine now. Right. Same thing, murder can be seen either way. If it was a murder in 1920 and there's been 10 owners since then, right? probably not such an issue. Right. If there's a giant blood stain on the carpet, you might need to explain <laughs> that. So, you know, it, there's some gray area and it's open for interpretation, Hmm. but I caution realtors that, you know, if a murder happened in this house in the last year, you should probably disclose that. Right. Because that may materially affect a buyer. If someone died there, which happens all the time, people die in houses. They want to die in their homes. That's what they want. People die literally all the time. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's the one thing that happens for sure in life. You think we would have figured that out by now. But, yes. You know. But either way, that's less so because that's kind of normal. Right. Violent murder, kind of something that could affect yeah. a buyer's intention oh, to yeah. buy. So that's the general test there is whether or not to disclose. When in doubt, disclose. Always safer to disclose. Hmm. It, and murders aren't always noted on the appraisals that we get either. So no. Oh, really? The, yeah, those are. Uh, <laughs> so we'll get an appraisal done, and that's usually done through a third party um, hired by the bank. Yep. Um, and then they'll run comparables for similar square footage, 
bedrooms, bathrooms, things like that, livable space, and kind of see what the market is dictating for a purchase of a house like this. And that's where we get the appraised value from. I usually have a couple comparables that they kind of uh, review against, and that gets sent back to us. By that time, your file has been um, initially underwritten. We either have a conditional approval or a full-on approval. The conditional approval means that there's a couple questions or things that need to be clarified for the underwriter, whether it's a, we're missing a pay stub or we need an extra bank statement or there's a large deposit that we need explained on your bank statement. Uh, right. thing, I will tell first-time home buyers, cash is not a verifiable deposit or a verifiable down payment. Right. So you cannot, if you have cash in a mattress, it needs to be seasoned in a bank at least for 60 days. Right. So that we wow. don't see the deposit. So yeah. you can't just drop off the mattress to your... <laughs> no. no, no, no. I mean, you can't really show up at a closing with just uh, a briefcase full of cash. Duffel bag full of cash. Duffel bag full of cash, uh, James Bond style. Yeah. So what Zach's talking about is in order to make sure that you can make your down payment, can make your payments in general, the bank needs to check your bank records. So that's why showing up with a bunch of cash raises a red flag because they're wondering what where's, where's this cash coming from? Right. Is this, what what illegal activity is this are legal you up money? to? Is this where, where's this coming from? Is this Colombian money? Yeah. Right. You know? Um and sometimes it's legitimate. It's you know, you got a inheritance. Your parents are gifting you twenty thousand yeah. dollars to help with down payment money, which they are absolutely allowed to do. We just have to explain it in writing because a loan has to go through a underwriting procedure, which is something back end behind the bank. You're never going to see it, but it's making sure all of the I's are dotted and T's are crossed and you're a good person to loan to. Yeah. Out of curiosity, what when you say a large deposit, what, what denotes a large deposit? What, like what amount Typically, is- anything... Um, like larger than your regular direct deposits for your it's um, something out of the ordinary so if somebody let's say so if it's like your average and is you know a grand or so and then all of a sudden there's a 10 grand right so where's that 10 grand coming from right and if it sometimes on your bank statement it'll say it'll just say check deposit well that means that there's a copy of the check somewhere right so we can just need to get a copy of that a copy of that cleared check and just a letter of explanation saying where this 10 grand coming from or if it just says ten thousand dollars cash deposit right well where's that cash coming from did you sell something do you have a verified receipt of that did yeah. you sell a car and they gave you cash for it do you have proof of title transfer that, right there's just a lot of ways to document it if, mm. you know if possible but um yeah yeah so like a large deposit like that if somebody's if their regular direct deposit from their job is a thousand dollars a month and then they suddenly have like a three thousand dollar pay hmm. deposit like where's that coming from we just, right so, gotcha. And it could be an actual bonus. Like, um, you yeah. know, some people get a quarterly bonus and it might be a $12,000 bonus because they're in commercial sales or whatever. Right. Right. So they have this, you know, 1200 a month, 1200 a month, 1200 or, you know, whatever. But then every quarter they get a huge deposit. Right, well, the right. bank's not looking at a whole year's worth uh, of activity. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're going to look at 60 to 90 days, usually to kind of get the feel for your finances. Right. I guess the reason I ask is just because, like, you know, in my line of work, I get paid on a non-regular schedule mm-hmm. and in chunks that are larger than your average 
deposit just because you you're know, considered self-employed, right? Yeah, self-employed. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're yeah. self-employed. What we do is we then look at tax returns and we take a 24-month average of your last two years tax returns. And okay. that's how we get your monthly income. Gotcha. And that's what we would gotcha. use to underwrite the All loan. Right. Yeah. yeah, interesting. Right. Yeah. Right. So you have a different circumstance right. versus um, a regular a, W-2 employee. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, same thing. Any business owner, you're going to look at different records than mm-hmm. your average just W-2 employee because yeah. W-2 employees, their taxes are simple. Here's my W-2s or my pay stubs. Here's my tax returns. Right. Here's my bank records. And it's done. Well, when right. there's ownership of businesses involved, it's more complicated. Yeah. So they are going to look at a lot oh, more I, I've things. learned how complicated it gets. <laughs> it's fun, huh? Oh, my God. It's, it's, never, it's like I met with my accountant last week, and he's like, well, this is how much you actually made, and this is how much you actually get to keep. And it was like, woof, man, it's, yeah. it's a chunk, man. But yeah. yeah. So, so guidelines have currently, have definitely changed in the last eight years to, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to ask more questions about stuff like that. Whereas 15 years ago, they weren't asking those questions. No. Um, so it's better for everybody. And again, just be cooperative when stuff's asked for. Right. For Your lender, lender yeah. really does want to set you up for success, which is why going with someone, you know, like and trust is so important because they will protect you from making a mistake. And they will help set you up with a foundation to grow off of versus let me click, click and hope for the best. Because now you have someone who's counseling you. Right. Who's saying, you know, we can give you this pre-approval letter, but if you fix A, B, and C, by the time we actually apply for the loan, it's it's going to be better. More or less, it's, it's it's a human being helping you with the process versus a computer taking your data is essentially right. what the difference is. And in this situation, if you're buying something as large as a house, which theoretically should be the largest thing that you ever purchase. For most people, for it most is the people, largest purchase yeah, they will ever make. If that's the case, you probably want somebody there who's backing you up a little bit. That's right. kind of, the, that's the takeaway, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, so, I mean, you think about it, any other major decision you make, let's say you're having a surgery, a, a doctor isn't going to give you it's not customer service by doing it online. Right. You know, right. He's going to be able to advise you on what's going on. He's the sure. expert in his field. Sure. So why don't you, you know, we so advise to go to the experts in the field. Right. Yeah. You know. So how do people get a hold of you? A lot of different ways. They can uh, find me on Instagram, Mortgage Coach Zach. All right. They can go to my website, MortgageCoachZach.com. Got some blog posts on there. All right. Um, LinkedIn, um, call, text. Now you're local here in Columbus, obviously. I am local here in Columbus. Does that mean you will not work with anybody outside of Columbus, or I will work with people outside of Columbus? Um, Anybody in the entire world, call Zach. (laughs) Doesn't matter where you are, they'll figure it out. Ohio, Ohio. Let's do Ohio. Our friends, Ohio based, Ohio based. And if you're if you're outside of Ohio listening and you need a referral to someone good in your area, we can normally find someone. Yeah, I mean that is actually a good reason to to contact is if if yeah yeah you need somebody in your area and you have no idea where to start. Right. Yeah. Start with me. Yeah. Start with Zach. Start with Zach. So yeah. So thanks for coming in, Zach. As a to kind of wrap up, you just to hit the high points here. We. Go to Zach first, get your pre-approval letter, find your house, 
send him the contract. You work through that process where there's inspections, appraisals, everything gets put together. You get the clear to close. Then you show up at the title company or wherever closing is happening. You close and you become a homeowner. They hand you the keys. You give them a check and they hand you the keys. Yep. And if it's over $1,000, it has to be a bank check. Just saying. Bring Everyone your ID, forgets bring that Bring your one. ID to closing. Too. And then you, have to <laughs> then you have to immediately go to your house and mow your lawn because that is that is your future from yeah. that point forward. Yeah. Really, I think you should buy a bottle of wine and go have pizza. Like, Just <laughs> enjoy the, the space. That, that lawn needs mowed. Seriously. All the time. It never stops. Ben grumbles about home ownership. It's <laughs> every terrible. every fourth day. Yes. <laughs> if you're that lucky, yeah. And that's why Ben's tired. Yes. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to your joke of the week. But first, we have some housekeeping. As always, if you would like to follow us on social media, you can find us on Facebook. That is our primary landing page where you can comment, get news, suggest topics, ask questions, ask for more contact information, that kind of thing. If you are already following us, thank you. We love you. You can also follow Boxland Media on Facebook as well. We do lots of things up to and including putting out the fine print with Attorney Jen Route every week. And if you're a Twitter user, I am at the Almighty Ben on Twitter. Jen is not on Twitter. Never will be, probably. You know. Nope. I don't uh, get it. And, uh, and not, not that she has time for that anyway. No. So. If you are new to the show, welcome. We hope you come back. And if you like the show, we would really appreciate it if you could take a few minutes out of your very busy day. Head on over to iTunes, rate, and review us. It helps us out with our visibility on the world's largest podcast repository. And finally, we would like to thank you, all of our listeners. It's because of you that our podcast even exists. If you like what you hear, please hit the subscribe button. And remember, sharing is caring. And Jen, would you like to hear this week's Lawyer Joke of the Week? I've been dying in anticipation here. <laughs> I'm, it's I'm always sure. insulting. What's the difference between a lawyer and a trampoline? I don't know. You take off your shoes before you jump on a trampoline. Uh-huh. It's always violent. Always, always turns violent. violent. Always kicking the yep. attorneys. Always. Well, Zach, thanks for being here Absolutely. Today. Thank you for Thank coming you in. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Pleasure to be here. Yep. And uh, as usual, I'm Ben Needenthal. And I'm Jen Rout saying ignorance of the law excuses no man from following it. All right, folks. We'll see you next time. This program is meant to be informative in nature and does not constitute actual legal advice or form an attorney-client relationship in any way. Views and opinions stated in this program are solely the views and opinions of the speaker. Each situation is different. Always consult an attorney in your state to analyze your specific legal needs. This program may change your views of attorneys in general, as they are not what they seem on TV. I mean, seriously, could the main character in Suits actually exist in real life? Boxland Media. Think big.